Hold please. The naked golfist now driving. Welcome to the Knackered Golfist. I wanted to share an episode that I had with my Uncle Mike. Uncle Mike is a retired sales representative for the 3M Corporation. He's from Portland, Oregon. He's been playing golf for close to 50 years. He has um, extensive experience being a member at the Willamette Valley Country Club in Canby, Oregon. He's a regular, he, he was a regular golfer in the Portland metropolitan area golf uh, course experiences. He's played Bandon Dunes. He's played Pumpkin Ridge. He saw Tiger Woods win the U.S. Amateur at Pumpkin Ridge. He has been to the uh, the Fred Meyer Challenge hosted by Peter Jacobson for several years. He's been to Ireland to play golf. He has a, a, a lovely a group of guys that he gets to play golf with and have uh, a great time with. And he shares his experience and coming up with that story and a bunch of other things today on the Knackered Golfist. Thanks for listening. I wanted to share with my audience, this is my uncle Mike Barr. And uh, he is a, a seasoned veteran of the 3M Corporation. He was a regional sales manager in the, how should I say the, well, the, I was never a manager of anything, Trent, but me, oh, I managed, okay. I did a, 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 an attempt to manage myself. Okay. And, and that, and that turned out pretty well, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good job. I did it for 34 years. I enjoyed it. I was good at it. Yeah. And so you covered the uh, Pacific Northwest. Is that correct? Well, I had several territories, but my last job, Yes, was basically uh, the entire state of Oregon. Wow, that's cool. So that means that you had a lot of golf outings, probably with customers. Is that correct? You know, that's interesting. As a matter of fact, uh, I had a group of golfing friends. We called ourselves the loved ones. The loved it, ones. <laughs> yes, but I didn't do a lot of entertaining on the golf course. Okay, okay. That, that was the occasional thing, but no, I did not spend a lot of time with customers on the golf course. Okay. Okay. Well, my next question is, um, people, uh, hear about Oregon golf and, uh, they, they immediately think of Bandon Dunes and Pumpkin Ridge and courses like that. What, what, what courses do you enjoy playing in Oregon? Well, Pumpkin Ridge, because it's close, uh, Bandon Dunes, of course, is just a, a unique, uh, lifelong experience. Uh, it's interesting in several ways. You can't take a cart. You have right. to walk, and there are, between the holes, you're dragging a golf cart, uh, you know, a pull cart through the sand. Right. But it's an amazing experience. It's difficult. It's beautiful. It's yeah. uh, it's thrilling. It's a uh, it's great. Now you played Bandon, is that correct? Yep. Now, how many courses does Bandon have? Oh gosh, I think there's five now. I played, I think, wow. three Bandon Dunes. You know, I'm getting old, Trent. I don't remember things, but I think oh, no I, problem. I played three of them. I, I've heard of I've heard of Bandon Dunes. I've heard of Pacific Dunes, and and they had the uh, the U.S. Amateur there a few years ago, or it yeah. might have been last year. Yeah, it's really interesting when you look at the uh, at the greens. You think, oh my gosh, they're not very green. They don't look very nice, but they're mm. perfect. They're absolutely perfect. 
Well, I have a feeling they were they were trying to emulate the uh, the Scottish golf experience, so it's probably a fine fescue sort of turf that's on have the you, green. Have you ever heard the story about how it got started? No, I haven't. Tell well, me. The, the guy that owns it is a guy named Mike Kaiser, and he okay. made his fortune with recycled greeting cards. Wow. Was very successful, was a uh, devoted golfer, and always wanted to build a Lynx course in the United States. And through a whole series of circumstances, it's too long to describe, he found abandoned dunes. Other people in the past had had seen the site and thought, what a great place for a golf course. But they envisioned homes between the holes. Well, the the state wouldn't let him do it. And the state was uh, very firm in keeping it you know, as is, and he right. found a guy who knew how to deal with the uh, environmentalists, and through his partnership with this guy, he was able to get the state, number one, to agree to the possibility of building a golf course. But he, it was very difficult getting started, but as everybody that plays golf now knows, it's recognized as a world-class golf destination. It's fabulous. Oh, wow. Fabulous golf. Uh, fabulous restaurants, uh, fabulous places to live. Yeah. It's it's just amazing. Now that it, I'm sorry, is that Coos Bay, Oregon, down in the southern? It's south of, of Coos Bay. It's oh, just it north of the uh, California border. Oh my gosh! I wow. think it's between. I can't remember if it's north or south of Brookings, but it's uh, it's the closest. As, as you know, as you can imagine, to California, actually. Wow. And you know well, I, something else that's interesting? Yeah. The well, weather in January, uh, abandoned dudes can be fabulous. Oh, yeah, I, I believe that, yeah. People think because it's Oregon, it rains every day. Well, that, of course, isn't true, but yeah. it's, a, it's a world-class destination, no question about it. That's awesome. I took a drive a few years ago um, in my uh, in my wonderful is 300 we t- i took a drive up highway interstate sorry highway 101 up to crescent city and i was right at the border i went over the border and i had no idea that the abandoned dunes was that close to the state line so yeah. I, I just i wanted to see us 199 and and that's kind of where i went and i went up to uh, klamath falls or something that's a fabulous drive you go through the redwoods and everything oh i loved it it was great Yep. So, um, hey, listen. I once I did that to see your dad. I uh, all by myself. I jumped in the car, and wow. I took the long route and uh, spent about three days with your dad. Wow. Was that it? Was that when you visited Bodega Bay? Yep. Oh. Yep. Did you guys play Bodega Harbor Golf Links? No, we did not. Okay. I think what's before we had. Oh really? Yeah. I, I don't remember I'd... much about it. It wasn't it. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, um, so what, I mean, I remember, I mean, you're, my dad, if people who are listening, my dad passed away in 2011, and and Mike is my dad's twin brother, fraternal twin brother, and Mike and Pat, Mike and Pat, and and we used to, I mean, I remember, I remember you inviting us to play at your club at Willamette Valley Country Club, and it was, it was an amazing experience, um, I think I played there like three times, like once in every decade. I think once in the 90s 
and then maybe twice in the 2000s something like that mm-hmm. but it was really yeah and then and then uh when i came up to visit uh with my with my family uh we played there so wow that was fun so jeff i mean we talked about band and dunes how what's what, what's willamette country club willamette valley country club like it's fabulous yeah it's uh, got a lot of trees it's yeah. uh well, I mean, I don't know how to compare it with others, you know, since I belonged there for 27 years. I, of course, was partial, but no, it's a fabulous golf course. It started as a working man's golf course. Uh, the uh, A lot of the work was done by members that didn't have money to pay people, and they had a little tiny uh, clubhouse. But it's, oh, now, wow. it's now, it's fabulous. There's a new clubhouse. Uh, there's right. a swimming pool uh, on the property. It's That's fabulous. Awesome. That's but awesome. I quit two years ago because I didn't want to pay $500 a month to be playing crappy golf. And that's what, <laughs> that's what my game had become. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, you told me that earlier. And, and You don't see a lot of 82-year-old guys on the golf course these days. Are you really 82 years old? I'm going to be 82 in March. You're going to be 82 in March. Man, yep. that is, yep. that is just, that's amazing. Yep. So uh, did you ever play Pumpkin Ridge? Yep. Both courses. Now, the public course and the private course, yep. Now, did you, um, I mean, Portland has, now they had the U.S. Amateur at Pumpkin Ridge when Tiger won. Did you, by chance, go to that tournament? I sure did. Oh, my gosh. What was that like? Oh, it was unbelievable. He fell behind with, like, the, I don't know, 14th, 15th holes. He was down, like, two shots against yeah. a little guy named Scott. And yeah. these two guys just kept making these fabulous golf shots on 17. Tiger sank this downhill curving putt that nobody standing around the green could believe. Oh. And uh, I think all he needed was a par on the very difficult 18th hole to win it. And he is, his, uh, his mommy were walking down the 19, 18th fairway, and I was close enough to speak to him. And all I said was, good job. He, wow. didn't, even, he didn't even look in my direction. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're saying that was his dad? That was that was his dad and his mom? Is that what you're saying? No, just his mom. His mom was walking with him. Oh, his mom. Okay. He, yeah, okay. his dad wasn't there. Okay. Wow. Wow. What he did winning all those amateur match play championships year after year will never, ever, ever be duplicated. Oh, my gosh. I think he won, I don't know, five or six uh, uh, junior amateurs Yeah. in two or three or, or more. I don't remember the exact number. Yeah. And then, of course, it was that very next week that he met with Phil Knight to sign that multi-million-dollar contract. Oh, with Nike, yeah, yeah, yep. Yep. wow, yep. Now, um, now Portland is famous for a, a chain of stores called Fred Meyer, and yep. uh, there's a certain PGA Tour golfer named Peter Jacobson who started the Fred Meyer Challenge. I yep. remember going to that tournament uh, three times, I believe, and yep. and. First was at the Oregon Golf Club. I, I think it was at the um, the one I went to were at the Oregon Golf Club. Maybe I just went to it twice or something. Oh yeah. But I loved going to that tournament, and I loved seeing. Um, I spoke to a guy yesterday who knew Arnold Palmer and really got a lot, was a lot, had a lot more access to Arnold Palmer than a regular person. But oh, Peter Jacobson, known this, as Jake, was yes. very very close. To Arnold yeah. Palmer. They were very yeah. close friends. 
Yeah, and and I love Peter Jacobson, and just seeing Arnold Palmer, and I I don't know if I told you I uh, a few years later it was '95. I was down at the Franklin Fun Shark Shootout in Thousand Oaks. And Arnold Palmer was there, and he signed a bottle of Pennzoil for me, and I shook his hand. And it was the most amazing experience where um, he turns right around and looks at me in the eye and says, and it shakes my hand. I said, thank you so much, Mr. Palmer. It was great seeing you today. And and he's like, thank you so much, or whatever. And it was just, I was amazed. He was very real. It was fun to watch him at yeah. a tournament, especially the way he liked looking at the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he, he made a thing. point of establishing eye contact with the prettiest gals in the gallery oh that's cool <laughs> and he and you know that was that was a generation where a wink meant a lot of a, a wink meant a lot sure then, right sure he's a very very charming uh gentleman he was uh nobody will ever forget ever meeting or seeing or being around arnold palmer he was unique yeah and even, you know, your mom, my grandma was, she would give me a wink sometimes and it was so nice. It was, so, yeah. it was cool. Yeah. So, um, you talking about my mom? Yes. Your mom. Yeah. 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 She had a, she, I mean, you remind me of her a lot and, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I, I loved every minute. So, um, yeah, yeah the wink, the, the wink back then meant a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. She was special. So, um, did you see Michael Jordan once at a, at the Fred Meyer challenge or something? I don't think so. Okay. I don't recall that again. I'm, I, my memory is fading, but no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, what I, I can't, um, have you been, uh, did you get, did you get to go to Scotland or anything to play golf? Yep. No, oh my we gosh. didn't go to Scotland. No, um, uh, 10 days in Ireland. Oh my gosh. Now, did you, I assume you played golf there? We played Valley Bunyan. We played Port Marnock. We played, um, uh, La Hinge. We played, um, oh gosh, I can't remember all of them. Wow. It was great. But like, that's, that's true Lynx golf. Is that correct? Oh yeah. So what, uh, like what was a, was there a big culture or sorry, a big shock to you trying to play uh Lynx golf when you got there? No, it's pretty much what I expected. It wasn't the manicured country club experience. It was obvious that it, these courses had been there for a long, long time. And of course, while you're there, there's a sense of history about it, but, uh, no, it was a, it was a wonderful experience. That's cool. Irish whiskey was good too. Oh, it was. <laughs> That's cool. Now, what kind of uh, what kind of golf equipment have you played with over the years? Now, I mean, first of all, how did you get started with golf? Okay, you broke up a little. I'm not sure exactly I understand the question. So, um, my question was, how did you get started with golf, and what kind of golf equipment did you use? Well, I think I was about 21. My dad didn't play golf, but I remember a couple of times going to the, to a driving range, sort of a place with my dad. Yeah. And they had these, these would have been the late forties, maybe early fifties. Mm -hmm. And the, he, he didn't even have his own clubs. You rented these awkward, heavy, gosh, they looked like lead uh, clubs, but um, he wasn't excited about golf, but I was 21 and, 
uh, you know, found myself surrounded by guys that like to play golf. I got started. Yeah. It ended up, uh, the whole country club thing was wonderful. I never imagined that I was a country club type of person. Wow. But it became a really, really wonderful part of my life. Wow. Every Friday afternoon at noon, uh, as as a salesperson, I had a lot of freedom. And I, I was told at, at one point by another older sales acquaintance of mine, if you can't get the job done by noon on Friday, they should find somebody else. Oh. So noon on Friday, I was in the parking lot at Willamette Valley Country Club. And uh, we played at noon on Friday, and we had played after breakfast on Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, when the weather was good, when the weather was bad, uh, it was just great. That's cool. I don't miss the golf. I don't miss it at all. But I miss the, I miss the guys getting together. I miss Sunday morning breakfast. But oh yeah, I, I don't miss playing shitty golf. Okay. But uh, I mean, where I was getting at when you started golf was that down? Was that in San Mateo? Oh, boy, I don't remember the first. I, I suppose one of the first times I ever played golf with, could have been, yeah, there in the peninsula of the Bay Area. Oh, okay, okay. And so, I mean, did you play golf in college? You were at San Jose State? Did you? No. Uh, oh, really? No, no. I you know, I was busy trying to maintain my C-plus average. I didn't have time for golf. Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> So then, um, so you, so you, so before you, before you joined Willamette Valley Country Club, you were a regular out on the public golf courses in Portland. Okay, this, these group of friends that I call the loved ones, and I'll, I, I don't need to tell you the story how that got started. Yeah. His name is Jim Houck. Yeah. He assumed the responsibility of making tea times at uh, the local public courses, and there are a lot of really fun public courses in Oregon. Yes. So. It was really convenient. I knew every Friday at noon where we were going to meet for 18 holes of golf. So it was a really easy thing to do. Somebody else was making the tee times. Right. And, it, and it's interesting. He kept exhaustive records of every <laughs> round of golf. He was uh, an accountant by training. So uh, oh, wow. that was something he enjoyed doing. But That's cool. And so we did that. Playing public golf courses in Oregon, oh my gosh, I can't even remember how many years it was. We did that for probably 30 years before we joined wow. the club. Wow. Well, that's that That doesn't add up. The math doesn't add up, but it was 25 anyway. So I probably okay. played golf for 50 years. Uh, wow. Public golf, and then it, uh, done it at Willamette Valley, yeah. So the courses in Portland, I'm not familiar. Are there like what stands out in your mind with with public courses in Portland? East Moreland is a great course. Uh, Heron Lakes has three golf courses. Uh, wow, they're just there. There, there has been a wide variety of public golf in uh, in Portland for many many years. Wow, there's there's just a long history of it, and the courses. Are well maintained. They get a lot of play. Yeah. So yeah, it was great. That's cool. What um, when you started, did you were you into the what kind of irons did you play or woods or putters? What kind of what kind of stuff did you play with? Well, it was gosh, going that far back. At, uh, at one point, I had a set of irons called Little David's. Oh, really? And look it up. See if you can find pictures of them. 
Okay. They had rounded bottoms. Uh, They were very unusual looking. The thing that changed my life was when I bought a set of uh, Big Bertha's. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Golf was so much easier with those clubs. Yep. That was the original Big Bertha, I would say. Oh, yeah. Early 90s, right? Yep. Yep. So you had a big Bertha, and then they, and then so the woods came out first, and then the irons came out maybe a couple years later. Did you buy a set of? I, the I, I don't irons? remember. I don't remember how it got all got started, but the, it was uh, it, the irons are the ones that I that I recall were the most significant for me. My my iron play improved dramatically with big Berthas. Oh wow, that's cool. That's cool. Now putters, what were you, were you a good putter? You said you got down to like an eight handicap. I was an like eight that. for one posting period, oh, because my. primarily because of the seventy three that I shot at Willamette Valley. Oh my gosh! But no, I uh, um, I think for the most part of my life I was a twelve. Okay. Like I told you before when we were talking, yeah. I didn't have a very good classics uh, swing. I had good flexibility, but yeah. uh, I struggled the, all 50-plus years that I played golf. Yeah. I struggled getting over onto my left side. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and one of the how, – how much time do you want to spend on this? No, I, I take all the time you want, you know. Well, one, my of my, one of my best stories was – Tell me, yeah, tell me. I, okay, what I remember most about my golf swing – was being able to hit a seven iron, maybe 120 yards, okay? Okay. And I had a big, gigantic cut. So I would uh, line up to the left side of the fairway, and I'd cut the ball. Well, I decided to take a golf lesson, and I found a local guy. And he said, okay, Mike, I want you to try to hit the ball with the toe in your golf club. I want you to work hard to get the club face turned so far over that you're hitting the ball off the toe. Oh, wow. And so I tried that and tried that and tried that. And finally, I made one where I actually got the club face closed. And it was like having an orgasm. It was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Did you see how far and how straight that ball went? Oh, man. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, you know I what do. it feels like to hit I the do. sweet spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's like that's like butter on a hot biscuit. I didn't mean to turn this interview into a, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? No, it's okay. It's all right. We're all friends what's here. What's the word, honey? Pornographic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're going to have to edit this. <laughs> no, I'm not editing it at all. I'm, my guys are going to love this. So I got guys. So the guys would be listening to this. I have a, po- I have a page on uh, Facebook. It's called Forged Golf Club Appreciation. And I'm a part of uh, a lot of a lot of um, I don't know a lot of con- contribution to uh, several pages on Facebook. I have a YouTube channel. It's called the Knackered Golfist, where I make golf videos, and just um, you know, I, I, the guys, the blokes, as I call them, they're out there and they're loving golf, and they just want to talk about golf. They want to hear about golf. I want to hear about golf. Great. I drive into work every day, and I'm listening to podcasts. You know, I want to have my own podcast and, you know, thank you. Thank you, Mike, for being a part of this. So what else you got? Well, uh, just that I, even to this day that I'm not playing, I love watching golf on TV. I love watching the masters. I love watching 
at Pebble Beach. Yes. Uh, it, it's interesting. Is you know, People who don't play golf, well, I guess that's not true. I think there are people out there that don't play golf that find the same beauty in it that you and I do. Yes. You know, and, and uh, watching these guys, I remember, for example, when uh, Peter Jacobson, who you referred to earlier, yes, had what we all called Peter's Party. Yes. And, of course, he did it for years, and we went to all of them, whether it was at uh, the Oregon Golf Club or if it was at uh, – anyway, at that um, time, you yeah, could yeah. stand the, – the gallery could stand behind the players on the tee boxes. Yeah, yeah. And watching those guys with their smooth, slow golf swings, yeah. pounding the ball 250 yards – yeah. It was thrilling. Yeah. That that's uh I mean I love the Fred Meyer challenge stuff. I mean, I, you remember the story about John Daly hitting the ball over the I was gallery? there. You were there? Oh yeah. god, tell me about it. Well, what Peter would do, of course, he'd set up these things. The thing, one of the things that I loved was watching the one I remember the most was Chichi Rodriguez. Oh yeah. And um and um Trevino. Trevino, yeah. And I think he told one of them, he says, I want you to hit a cut, and I want you to hit a draw. Oh. And I want the guy that's going to hit the cut first, and then the guy will hit a draw. And I, I don't remember who it was. I think maybe it was Chi-Chi hitting a cut. He hit it first. Trevino hit a draw. And the balls not only crossed in the oh. fairway, they hit each other. Oh. <laughs> I remember hearing a story about that, yeah. about how – Chichi would do trick shots, and I didn't. I, it, you, it makes sense to have one guy hit a cut and one guy hit a draw. Yeah. And oh my God, hitting the ball in the air—that's like one in a million. I, I mean, it's like I—I'll be hitting balls at the range, and I hit a, a shot, and somebody comes close to the ball, and I'll turn around. Hey, I almost hit you there. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's a great story. And then, of course, the John Daly story—the the way yeah. the Oregon Golf Club is built. It's 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 uh, got a lot of elevation changes, yes. and a lot of people are behind them up on a hill, and the beyond that hill is a parking lot. Well, he was asking John Daly to make a demonstration of some kind, and much to Peter's shock, yeah. John turned around and hit a wood over the gallery. Oh, I remember hearing about that. Good yep. lord! And Good of course, uh, Jacobs Jacobson was shocked. Everybody laughs about it later, but Jacobson was the guy uh, financially responsible for this whole thing. Could you imagine the lawsuit if that ball had hit somebody? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, man. And the other thing I remember about that is being on the fairway, walking behind Phil Mickelson yeah. and watching him make a golf swing and thinking to myself, how is it possible for a human being to make a golf swing that oily, that smooth? Oh yeah, and tried to imagine in my own mind, superimpose that to a right-handed golfer. But it was just to me, it was like a work of art. Yes, yes, he's amazing to watch too. There's so many golf characters out there, and so many um, amazing uh, stories. I mean, I mean, yep. I, man, I remember being a kid, and I was, uh, I mean, Sacramento didn't have any golf at all. And we only had, well, it did, but we only had the Rayleigh Senior Gold. Well, Rush. you had Hagen Oaks. Well, we had, I'm, I'm talking about like professional tournament kind of thing. I know, I know. 
But yeah, Hagen Oaks, we went there. I mean, you I knew, I, of I, course, I, during my sales career, I did spend like two or three years living in Sacramento. I've played what? Hagen Oaks a lot. Oh, yeah. You lived in Citrus Heights, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was. A anyway, like, I, I interrupted you. Oh, that's okay. I mean, Sacramento only had the Rayleigh Senior Gold Rush, and I and I and as a kid, I was like first year of college. I was I worked at Rayleigh's, and Rayleigh's was a, a huge uh, supermarket chain in Northern California. Yep. And I worked there, and I bagged groceries. And my goal for that job was to be a volunteer at the Rayleigh Senior Gold Rush at Rancho Marietta, and. Uh, and so early nineties comes around and I, and I, and I was there and I got, I got paired with like, with guys like George Archer. No, no, it wasn't him. Bob Charles, Esau Ioki, JC Sneed, Bruce Crampton. Um, who else? Like Terry Dill, other guys like that. Uh -huh. And it was just such a amazing experience. You know, I, I mean, the the whole leaderboard standard bearer thing I, I they had this tournament called the uh, the swing at cancer at Del Paso Country Club, and uh, I went there with my dad one time and somebody in the uh, somebody just comes right up to me and he says hey you want to make ten bucks and I'm like sure so go into this shop and he gives me this leaderboard <laughs> thing and I was and I uh, I uh, was paired with a group to carry the leaderboard for Lionel A Bear. And he was a, a former PGA champion, and in the group was John Brody as well. And I got to meet him, and I was just amazed by seeing John Brody hit the ball. And he and he eventually came out and became a professional at Rayleigh at the Rayleigh Senior Gold Rush. But just like, just having that access and having being close to golf like that back then was just so amazing. And, Absolutely. And, and and the whole Fred Meyer Challenge thing for for me coming up to visit you to be a part of that that was awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. John Brody, 49ers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, you got anything else you got? You got any I'm sorry well, to blather on about stuff. I, I don't know if uh, if you'd be interested in this, but I I, I will tell you the uh, story about how we got the name Loved Ones. Yes, tell me. Okay, a dear friend of mine, older than me, he was a veteran 3M salesman here in Portland. His name was Russ Melander. Mm. And um, he told me a story about the time that he, his wife, and his three daughters went on a what amounted to about a 10-day uh, vacation driving right. all around the country in the car. Right. Well, as they drove home, they drove the car into the garage. He opened the trunk, and his wife and the girls were uh, taking the luggage into the house. And he grabbed his golf clubs off the garage, <laughs> threw them in the trunk of his car, and he was getting ready to back out of the driveway. And his wife says, where are you going? He says, I've had enough family to last me a lifetime. I'm going to the club to be with my loved ones. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> so we, we became the loved ones and uh, remained the loved ones uh, until this very day. Oh, wow. Now there was another thing I wanted to ask you about. What what was fart? And, what was what was what? It was called fart, something like that. It was Friday afternoon recreational tournament or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that was fart. The Friday afternoon <laughs> recreational tournament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
That's awesome. Anyway, I, uh, you know, thank you for taking the time to, to uh, chat with me about golf. You know, I love golf. I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking to more and more people about golf and it's, it's like, I'm starting to, I'm starting to, I don't know. I'm starting to go to another level on this podcast stuff. And, uh, well, let, it, let me ask you something. Yeah. Are, what? You, are you playing much golf now? No, not really. I, uh, I go to the range occasionally and I, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I, I mean, with the COVID stuff, I don't have the patience to go play golf just because yeah. of the whole pin yeah. in the whole thing. But, um, well, you that's know, gotta be a little painful for you because you have a gorgeous golf swing and you, my dear nephew, you pound the ball. Oh, thank you very it's much. It's fun watching you hit the ball. Well, have you seen my videos? You got to watch some of my videos. I'm I do club reviews and I do uh, you know opinions of golf clubs and what they mean to me. And I have like practice range sessions and stuff. And I just I just love it. You know, so, you know some of the stuff on. I just, I'd, I'd rather watch my own stuff than watch TV. You know what I mean? Wow, that's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, not to be a bit self-absorbed on my end, but I just just like. With things the way they are now, I just don't. I, I'd rather watch my own stuff. Yeah. Well, well and hey, of course, the other thing about my experience at golf was yeah. the fact that on a regular basis, like I said, Friday at noon, Sunday morning breakfasts, I was with my loved ones. I was with my buddies, and we're yeah. very different. You know, one's an architect, one's a lawyer, uh, two of them are lawyers. Uh, two dentists. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great. That's awesome. That's yep. awesome. Well, Hey Mike, thank you again for this time and, uh, God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the football today. And, um, I'm looking forward the, to that. Well, enjoy the Sony open as well in Hawaii. And he takes care of those and he's, yeah, he's, he's doing all right. Yeah. You know why, you know why goldfish are, are a perfect pet? Why? Well, they die before you get attached to them. <laughs> you know, they just swim around in there and he feeds them <laughs> on a regular basis and he loves them. But, you know, we, we have our encounters with animals. He wants, he, he loves watching like animal uh, programs and yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, Mike, thank you. Uh, give kiss for me and okay. uh, give all the uh, uh, Jeff, um, Jeff, Kiara and Carson, give all of them a hug for me. And, uh, well, we when, we, when we get over this, uh, uh, pandemic crisis, you need to come and see us. Yes, I will. I will. Okay. All right, man. Love you, Trent. Love you. Take care. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Uncle Mike is in the house. Four, please. The naked golfist now driving. And it was like having an orgasm. It was like, <laughs> oh my God. Did you see how far and how straight that ball went? <laughs>